0: Today's Gospel from John describes a very special meeting between Jesus and ten of his disciples. Let's go back in time for a few days so we can better understand what John has to tell us. On Thursday, Maundy Thursday, Jesus and his twelve disciples, his closest, most loyal followers, had gathered in fellowship for what we think was the Passover meal, an evening together where they would have recounted their Jewish heritage and spent time in fellowship. Then they went together to a garden, Gethsemane, only to have their rabbi, their teacher, their leader arrested, tried, beaten and nailed to a cross alongside common criminals. This was on Friday, Good Friday. On Sunday they couldn't find his body, although they knew they had buried it in the tomb that Joseph of Arimathea had so thoughtfully donated. Since then, one of their number, Judas, had died by suicide while another, Thomas, had gone off to be by himself, perhaps overwhelmed by the week's tumultuous events. So the remaining 10 disciples fearing for their lives had retreated to a room, perhaps the same place used for the Last Supper, where they could bolt the door and block out the world. Undoubtedly, they were terrified of being arrested because of their connection with Jesus. So much had happened in such a short time. They were understandably in shock and fearful of what the future might hold for them. So it's into this gathering that Jesus appears, John tells us and the first thing Jesus does to try to put them at ease is say, shalom, peace, peace be with you. His appearance inside that locked room must have startled them to the core, as does what he tells them, peace be with you. He does not condemn or even rebuke them. Instead, he dissolves their fear and he heals their grief with just four words, peace be with you. The disciples are forgiven for their failure. This forgiveness sets their distraught hearts at rest. That is Jesus' gift of peace but rather than a quiescent peace, it is a peace that makes action possible. And so Jesus also instructs them as the Father has sent me, so I send you. As the disciples have received, they also are to give. They are to spread the gift of peace to any who are trapped as they once were, in failure, grief and fear. Christ sends them out so that to others they can be as Christ who forgives. Jesus also shows them his wounds and then breathes on his beloved disciples, thus giving them the Holy Spirit so that they can go out into the world and minister in his name. And by doing this, Jesus bestows on them a new source of life, the Holy Spirit, who will become as necessary to them as the air they breathe. In this way, Jesus empowers them to extend the gift of forgiveness in which he has already enveloped them. Now, when Thomas returns from his time alone, he refuses to believe any of the amazing stories the others tell him about Jesus' miraculous reappearance until he can see for himself. In a sense, Thomas represents all of us since we, too, sometimes struggle to believe. But Jesus does not let it end there. A week later, Jesus returns to show Thomas his wounds. And true to his word, Thomas then sees and believes, blurting out, my Lord and my God. Once tormented by doubt, Thomas has been set free by faith. When Jesus speaks to Thomas, he helps Thomas to arise from his own particular narrow grave of uncertainty. He has journeyed from Thomas the doubter to Thomas the believer. This is his resurrection. I've always felt that Thomas has been treated unfairly by some church historians over the centuries, labeled as a doubter, and that term usually used in a pejorative sense. But I think that Thomas had at least two major virtues. First, he refused to say he understood what he clearly did not understand or believe. And secondly, when he was sure, he gave it all he had when he said with genuine conviction, my Lord and my God. Thomas's skepticism, questioning, and doubt must have been difficult for him. After all, his closest companions seemed so certain that they had actually seen the risen Lord. The story of Thomas's honesty and forthrightness gives us hope and empowers us in our moments of doubt. We don't have to accept mindlessly whatever seems the expected or accepted answer or view. Here in this beautiful, historic church, in the company of others, in the body of Christ, it is perfectly all right to be confused, or bewildered, or afraid, or doubtful, or sometimes all of the above. We were not there to see or touch as the disciples were, so our belief comes from faith that is built up from reading the Bible, strengthened by hearing the stories of God and God's Son, Jesus, deepened by attending worship services, and expanded by interacting with those who have faith and those who seek it, and those whose doubts may overwhelm them. After Jesus' death and resurrection, the disciples continue to do the Lord's work, going to the temple and teaching. And then from there, they go out into the world with those they've trained and share Jesus' message of love the good news, and eventually they and countless others changed the course of history. For as they went out into the world doing the Lord's work, special, even spectacular things happened. Two millennia later, when we do the work of the, our Lord, special things still happen sometimes even spectacular things can occur when we dare to share our faith with others somehow some way through the mysterious movement of the holy spirit we are given insight and wisdom that we did not know we possessed we are given strength and commitment and yes, courage, we did not think we could muster. In some ways, our mission is not nearly as challenging as that of the early Christians. For most 21st century Christians are not subjected to incarceration or worse for their beliefs. We can go about safely and without fear Telling others of the risen Christ. But do we? The question for us as we begin to move into the 50 days of Easter, Eastertide, and as we approach the great feast day of Pentecost, the question for us is, do we? We have just been through the discipline of Lent The powerful focus of Holy Week, and the joy and celebration of Easter Sunday. What do we take away from all of this into the world? How will we be stewards of the same Holy Spirit that guided and directed the disciples? For each and every one of us gathered here this morning, our daily lives are a sort of sermon shared with the world around us. Remember, seeing is believing. Thomas needed to see Jesus' wounds to believe. What do we have to show others about our faith and our walk with the risen Christ? Each of us has something special, perhaps even spectacular, to share. Each of us, in our own way, can perform signs and wonders for our Lord and his church. And with the guidance and patience of the Holy Spirit, we can share our faith, spreading it one person at a time. Yet, ours are troubling times, and many of us, myself included, are bound to feel uncertain, even doubting that God is still coming to us. We all still have our Doubting Thomas moments. For some, the threat of random acts of violence seems ever-present and frightening. Just two days ago, my own neighborhood in Northwest D.C. was under shelter-in-place orders due to an active shooter. For others, the war against Ukraine and other ongoing tensions and conflicts around the world and the ensuing global refugee crisis are very distressing. For many, it is the increasingly ugly and divisive political rhetoric in this country that seems to continue unabated. Since doubt and fear are bound to come upon us, we would do well to face the truth of these feelings, as Thomas did. If we are willing to work through our fear and our doubts, we will find the other side of today's gospel that teaches us also about faith. If we are honest in our relationships with one another, we can experience mutual support in learning to believe what we cannot easily see. Based on our life with God in the body of Christ, we can recognize the power of the Holy Spirit at work among us providing new possibilities that can move us beyond doubt, fear, anxiety, and even at times psychological paralysis. We will learn that through the power of God, miracles can and do happen. That which we would doubt possible can become reality. Dreams can be fulfilled. Forgiveness and reconciliation offered. Obstacles overcome. Pain relieved. Sickness healed. Hunger fed. Spiritual longings relieved. Good brought from evil and love experienced in all the Easter glory of the risen Christ. For us as Christians, Eastertide means moving from doubt to faith, from fear to joy, from death to life. The journey from what has been brought down to what God has raised up is the journey Thomas made through his forthright, honest questioning. And it is the journey that we, too, are empowered to travel as we join Thomas, standing before the risen Christ. And we all say, along with him, in awe, reverence love and deep conviction my lord and my god amen